All right, lads and lidets, we are back with another episode of the Barefoot Hustle podcast, and this one is a juicy one. This is the much-anticipated conversation with the wise and raunchy Hanavella, and this conversation holds so much insight to free us from the limitations and the stories that we set on ourselves, so I am very excited to share it. So to say that Hannah lives a very interesting life in Korea is an understatement. She is pioneering a movement of sexual reclamation through her signature group program, Sacred Slut, based in Melbourne and Byron. Having just finished her Sacred Slut program and sharing some of the video content on my Instagram, it has blown off people's curiosity, people wanting to know more, people being inspired, but also people being triggered. I am so excited to deep dive into everything that is involved both in the program and outside of the program to help us reclaim our sexuality, our connection to our bodies, and the entirety of who we are. She also helps people through her one-on-one coaching and a series of retreats based in Byron Bay as well as in Greece. So again, she lives a very colorful and very powerful life. In today's conversation, we talk about why there's so much ingrained sexual shame in women, her story of reclaiming her sovereignty and the birth of sacred slut itself, how we can harness our eros, our erotic expression, for more magnetism, confidence, and power, her number one piece of advice to create the life that you want, how we can reprogram our subconscious thoughts for less doubt and more self-love, how being chronically busy can rob us of our libido, sensitivity, and compassion alongside so much more. You do not want to miss this one. Please listen, enjoy, and share this with a friend to spread the movement. Welcome everyone to the Barefoot Hustler podcast, where hustlers, creatives, and seekers unite and realize we're all one, where the hustle meets the flow. I'm your friend and host, Sejin Gunaridis, and my intention is to delinear the labels we always try and squeeze into and give permission for us to live in the spaces between. So whether you're a hustler that could benefit from slowing down and bringing more alignment and purpose to your work, or you're a free spirit that's getting a calling to bring more structure, drive, and creation to your life, I'm super grateful you're taking a wee little chunk of your day to grow with me, both for your future self and the collective at large. Together, let's pioneer a new way of living and redefine what it means to live a rich, connected, and purposeful life in the 21st century. Let's all be barefoot hustlers. So take off your shoes, grab a coffee, and let's jump in. Hey, welcome to the studio. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, I feel like, yeah, it's been brewing after our weekend together at Sacred Slot, which we will go into. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many questions were bubbling up throughout the whole six, eight hours we spent together. I was like, I cannot wait to just save them for Tuesday. And here we are. Yeah, it was a really good call when you said let's do it after we've started. So we're kind of in the cauldron of it. So, yeah. yeah, and before our next weekend. Okay, people probably don't understand. <laughs> How I like to start off is to check in. How are you feeling in your body, in your mind, in your psyche? Mm-hmm. Mm. <sighs> I'm feeling uh, still the remnants of like a little bit of fatigue from the weekend, mm. but in the most yummy way. And I'm feeling really on path this morning I as I mentioned I had a really important meeting this morning from my bed about potentially taking this to Mexico and yeah and then putting out there at the start of this year wanting to collaborate more with people wanting to be on more podcasts and now this is happening so yeah wow it's all coming yeah oh my god this is what can happen guys yeah meetings from your bed <laughs> yeah beautiful so you feel in alignment mm-hmm. energized Very, epic yeah I love that how about you how am I feeling? I, as I said this morning, I was like in very get shit done mode, which is epic. But then to come into a conversation, I like to be in that softer, gooier, more, yeah, just in a slower, um, energetic state. Mm-hmm. So I just sat for like five minutes, came down, and now I'm feeling, yeah, very excited, very mm-hmm. curious about where we can go. Because um, we can go many places, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Um, but in your own words, so people understand what you do, mm-hmm. can you explain yeah, what Sacred Slut is and all your other offerings? Yeah, absolutely. So my passionate focus of my work is working with people, but predominantly women, to support them in reconnecting with their sexuality, their sensuality, uh, creating a deeper relationship with themselves and their bodies. And that's kind of expanded into beyond that like and I really love um this question because it's like okay 
really what we're focusing on can be any area of your life and your soul work and whatever that is, um, anything across the board. But we're using sexuality as the conduit and the pathway for that. And I really feel like it's one of the most transformational, powerful um, energies and, and paths to kind of work with. And the deeper I've gone with it, the more I've realized, you know, whatever's going on in your pussy, your womb, your voice, like that can so immediately reflect out into other areas of your life um, and so supporting that connection within your body mm. and deepening the relationship on that level and de-armoring things that ripples out into how we show up in the rest of our, our lives and every wow. day so wow that was poetic yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like unblocking from i guess the stories that we've created and getting out of getting out of our own way to step into who we can be because mm-hmm. like a lot of how i try to explain my work is it's a reclamation of yourself, mm-hmm. but there are different modalities, I guess, you can approach it in, mm-hmm. or it's like for you, it might be like sexuality, reclaiming our womb, our cycle, our sensuality, our everything. Mm-hmm. From mine, it's more like play and finding, like, you know, following curiosity, but they're all intertwined. They're all such gateways into that higher being, that person that we can be, that we dream of. Absolutely. There's mm. so much available. And mm. it's like, uh, I just feel really grateful. My creative door is really open. And so... For me, my favorite thing is like I want to create a beautiful space, whether that's one-on-one or a big event for Mm. someone where they can come back to their hearts, feel really comfortable in themselves and, yeah, just finding different means to do that. So my workers, uh, I offer Sacred Sut, which is the dance class we'll be talking about, Mm -hmm. which is really sexy, playful choreography. I won't go into that too much because I want to save that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it runs over four days in Melbourne. It's like a four-day intensive. Four-day intensive. Which I'm now halfway through. So we just did one weekend mm-hmm. and can confirm it is juicy. <laughs> it's so <laughs> – I, I left that weekend feeling so activated, so in my body, so turned on. Mm. And that kind of bled like – I hung out with um, a couple of friends that we know afterwards. And as soon as I kind of entered that space, I was just, it was so, there was so much fire in me. Mm-hmm. So it didn't just translate in this you know, dark room or with us, you know, playing and exploring. It came out and it kind of, in any of my interactions and even starting my work week, I can feel yeah. such a difference in my body mm. and my, yeah, just energy and direction. Yes, I feel it's working. Fully, fully. <laughs> yeah, you can feel that embodied shift. That, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. just lands nice. Yeah, I'm excited to continue it. Yeah. That's, so that's a good slot. Yeah, so I got the four-day intensive and then in Byron Bay I offer it over six weeks, once mm-hmm. a week. Can I ask why is it called Sacred Slut? Oh, yes. Mm. Um, do you mind if I put a pin in that? And Please. The, yeah. What color is a pin? Purple pin. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's an amazing rabbit hole. True. true, true. Um, cool. But just to, to recap with, so got the Sacred Slut, the mentoring. Uh, so I do like a three-month mentorship where it's coaching and I give content in between for the, the integration aspects of just exploring these sides of yourself. Uh, and then I'm starting to combine that with water and taking people to the ocean and connecting with essential waters or emotional waters, mm. um, bringing a bit of reverence to water as a conduit for consciousness Whoa. and us being made up of so much water and working with that. So a conduit for consciousness. Yeah. I love <laughs> so many quotes right now. That's yeah. So um, that's great. Cause I actually don't feel like I've explored water mm. as an element, both externally in nature and within myself so closely mm-hmm. i mean i've worked with the elements in general and like tried to embody through dance through life and done di- different workshops but i haven't double clicked water and uh-huh. gone okay how is this within myself and i feel like if you know if we all have elements within us that represent like fire being the drive the en- the energy the ambition that all that stuff and you go kind of go through the different elements water is an aspect of myself if water represents sensuality and emotions and Mm. maybe aspects of the feminine Mm -hmm. that is probably the least element that i've found comes naturally Uh uh-huh yeah so yeah yeah. because you're playing with fire a lot of the moment too fire a lot yeah Yeah. and even like wind i feel like because i'm everywhere i say yes to this thing yes this thing and Mm. i kind of like to be free Mm -hmm. but yeah what is yeah what is so much there i feel like it's it's for me it's just supporting the deeper understanding for people of how we are made up of mostly water like our cells are mostly water our heart sits in a pericardium which is a watery sac Mm. our eyes are you know made up of a little bit of water waters of our womb we're you know gestate for nine months in waters of the womb and Mm. 
and also how water responds to vibration, intention, thought, emotion. Like there's so many cool studies on how words and emotion affect like the molecular crystals of water. Have you seen that? No. Oh my God. Okay. So there's this Japanese scientist who, um, I think it's called secrets of water. You can Google it and book or movie, sorry, a documentary. And so he's treating different glasses, glasses of water differently and then freezing them and looking at the crystals under a microscope. Oh, and so ones that have been sent love are beautiful geometries and like stunning shapes. And then ones that have been ignored or sent hate are like deformed and brown and it's like our brain sits in water, mm. you know. We we are. Oh my god! <laughs> so, the study is what is it called? Secrets of Water. Maybe. Oh my yeah. god! In Japan, uh, so. it's by a Japanese scientist. Yeah. Whoa, mm. that's so beautiful. Because yeah. we all kind of can wrap our heads around. I'm sure many of us can wrap our heads around. If you were mistreated as a child or as a teenager, you know, we hold this trauma within our bodies, and mm-hmm. that affects ourselves, obviously. Yeah. But to see through the lens of water yeah. is beautiful. water has memory too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What the people have been waiting for? Mm-hmm. Sacred slot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can we zoom in? Because when I first heard the name, it's so funny because like I'm all about reclaiming the word and everything, but it did evoke some. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And then because the word sacred was before it, I was like, okay. And obviously context, I was like, clearly it's not meant in a derogatory way. Mm-hmm. Was that intentional to use that word to kind of spark attention? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. fully. <laughs> yeah, fully. Trigger it's warning. It's <laughs> something I've really enjoyed about, for me, even just when people ask what you do or, you know, what was that fit performance connected to? And I'm like, well, I teach a dance class called Sacred Slut. And just that little pause. I love kind of leaning back after that and just feeling the response. Mm-hmm. And it's often a like, whoa, hang on, you know, like it grabs attention and yeah, I feel like the word slut typically, and I, I love going into this understanding, is traditionally, traditionally, typically it's been used in our culture to shame usually a woman for her erotic expression, which goes beyond just not just who she's sleeping with or how many people, but how she's dressing, how she's holding herself, a way to kind of put women, make them feel small or shame or wronged for being in that exuberant bigness and expression Mm, mm. and I I think we touched on this a little bit it's like originally I feel like it does come from maybe someone who is choosing to be with a lot of people from a place of like um, outsourcing Mm. and like external validation yeah Mm. and and you can feel that as opposed to someone who's uh, maybe wanting to sleep with someone uh, lots of different people because they choose to and they're empowered in that choice I feel Mm. like there is a distinction but I still feel regardless of where someone's at using that word to shame is like not and the fact that it is one because like if it was coming from that unconscious place of yeah externally validating yourself because someone else sees you momentarily but it's kind of this unsatiable I guess journey of needing that so it is Mm -hmm. potentially not dangerous but I guess never ending but if a male did that mm-hmm. they're still a legend yeah. regardless of unconscious or conscious that that you know we've spun in a way that it's desirable or they're they're kings and we yeah. high five in the locker room mm-hmm. before women yeah even if it is conscious it still has that kind of flavor of mm, yeah she gets around yeah and yeah. it goes back thousands of years like a woman who was in her power immediately to like bring her down and make her feel less than was to call her a whore oh. and that's thousands of years <laughs> oh, word. Yeah. yeah and so like words have power and how we identify with them gives them power and so i'm in using the name sacred slut and what is something that's sacred it's like just us wanting to give something presence and attention and connect with it as a way to meet ourselves deeper and meet spirit through that Mm. whatever that means for us and it's like something that makes something a sacred site um, as an example is like people have gone to that because they've felt an energy there or a power there and that's been acknowledged and recognized and given attention and reverence to. Mm. And so sacred site is like, this is just a space to go in and connect with that as a form of power and, and reclamation. So, wow. Yeah. I'm guessing that you've gone through a journey yourself to reclaim your mm-hmm. sexuality, your eros, your actually quickly. Can you explain what eros means? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that'll come up. So eros uh, to me is erotic energy erotic expression Mm. um i think that and i don't fully quote me on this but in greek mythology eros was the goddess of of love and sex and Mm. yeah 
I think Aphrodite's love, but Eros, Eros is is more that sexual energy, like uh-huh. the serpent vibe. I yeah, think. yeah, 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 a bit more in the body. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what was the other question? Oh yeah, your journey me? to come to a position where you feel like this is so important that people, especially women, need. Mm-hmm. And your journey through this. Yeah. So Mm. I've always been a very erotic being uh, from a very young age. I think around eight years old, I was already feeling activated in that way. Uh, And yeah, putting on many an inappropriate dance show in my school years (laughs) as as an eight, ten-year-old, you know. Really? In school uniform? (laughs) For like different talent shows and stuff and loving it and just wanting to invite others into that space. And like I grew up dancing and uh, it wasn't until I think I was about 16 to 18 that I started to feel maybe a projection of shame on that from people around me. Anyone in particular? Yeah. yeah family and friends like in small ways you know not as as an outward aggression it was just in the subtle responses Mm -hmm. that made me go oh hang on uh but it was a relationship when i was it ended when i was 20 so about 18 to 20 um because of his own upbringing and insecurities he projected a lot of fear around other men perceiving me in a certain way and me being his and that created a lot of shutdown, like how I dressed. And I think I'd been with three people at the, the time. And I remember being called a whore for it. So, yeah, that word has... You had gone with three people in the course of your life? Three people before this relationship, oh, yes. Okay. And this guy I was with at the time, just because of his own conditioning. Insecurities. Yeah, and insecurities was like, uh, you know, you're a whore. And so there was a lot of... And that immediately... T- immediately to me felt wrong and there was an immediate fire of like yeah good i'm glad because um, a lot of women i guess would take that in and start believing that themselves and then start to let go of these parts of themselves yeah. in order to try to shove themselves to not be a hoe yeah there was an element of shutdown for mm-hmm. sure but still like a deeper part of me that was like that's not my truth and so when we ended it went through a process of okay i've got a lot of healing to do with my womb i had candida um, manifest which is like a, a fungal infection that can like be displayed through <clears throat> yoni discharge and mm. skin and stuff and like it's very normal for us to have candida in our system but when there's an imbalance um yeah it becomes an issue with energy and mood and that kind of thing as well mm. and so i was really interested in the metaphysical reason behind that and the more i went into it i was like okay this is about shame around sexuality through my own exploration i discovered that and it's about boundaries and I went on a bit of a slutty reclamation of I'm going to sleep with whoever I want because I can and explore this part of me but an interesting piece and a distinction with this was I'd get a spike of candida after every time I slept with someone new and I was like is this wrong like is there something actually going on that like I'm missing where like the shame was kind of getting warped and distorted and I was feeling guilty after every time. And what I realized down the track was, okay, it's not actually about how many people I'm sleeping with. It's like, I'm actually not being discerning and tuning in enough like I do now to be like, is this, do I actually want to sleep with this person? Like I might be really horny. I might be really turned on. I might be vibing with them, but does my body and my pussy actually want to sleep with them so the candida was almost your body telling you like red flag green yeah, flag uh-huh. whether you're ready how do you know if to say you're horny so you would think that's your body wanting mm-hmm. for example maybe sex yeah how do you check in and discern whether it's coming like from a specific place of yeah i don't i don't know the difference even yeah yeah well what shifted for me was i met this guy at a festival and really beautiful beginning where uh, I was expressing a fear around death at the time, whole other rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And so he was initiating me and like, let's close our eyes and follow my voice and just, you know, giving me fun little things to do that was like pushing past the unknown. Mm-hmm. And we ended up making out and we spent the whole night making out right up till sunrise. And we weren't even headed towards sex until early that morning. Mm-hmm. And he stopped and he looked at me and he was like, how often do you really ask yourself, before you sleep with someone do I want this he's like do I really want this he's like I want this what do you want and I was like gobsmacked because I had never stopped wow to to be so considered yeah never stopped to ask myself that 
and I got goosebumps talking about it but I despite how comfortable I felt with him despite how safe how much I was enjoying the chemistry and the sexual energy I was like wow I actually don't Mm. he's like that's okay wow I'll always honor your no and that changed it was revolutionary I was like what no one's talking about this and so the more I went down this path of like healing this for myself the more I realized no one's talking about this at the time Um, I feel like it's a lot more alive now but like there was no education around it growing up. What does a no feel like in my body? What does it feel like for my pussy to feel actually open? And yeah, just like tuning into that subtle discernment beyond just doing it because it feels good or you're, you're wanting connection or because you don't want to discourage the connection with mm. someone. And <laughs> yeah. So awful. Yeah. Wow. Mm. That's so beautiful. And it also shows someone, this guy was in such an expansive, considerate, his higher being where he's so respectful to himself and other and yeah, coming through everything with so much compassion mm-hmm. and how that lit you up and how or expanded you in your capacity to read yourself and others as well. And now you're spreading that. So mm-hmm. it just shows the capacity for one person to spread yeah. that, that consciousness or whatever you want to call it. Expansiveness. Huge. That's so beautiful. Yeah. What a man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. yeah, that's kind of, your journey through yeah just went deeper and deeper as i went and the more i learned the more passionate i got and Mm. yeah just took things into my own hands i love that and it's it's servicing now that it's just blowing up and you're selling out your your programs and things both in byron and melbourne which just shows how much of a need this is and i feel like in yeah a city where the masculine expression or just going to work so much or going where we are out of balance in terms of the holistic enjoyment of what life can be where it's like following nature, but also putting your head down and creating and hustling in, you know, what feels aligned to you and all these things whilst mm. it, we can get caught up in, I guess the go, go, right? Like the, the doing rather than the being. Mm-hmm. And for me, the big, biggest anti aphrodisiac is stress yeah. and a to-do list. Yeah. And as soon as I have a lot to do in that day and so much responsibility in my, in my head, yeah, my pussy closes up. I, I just don't, there's just no energy there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. It's all gone in my mind and my, mm. my brain and that. So I feel like me even just sharing the videos from the weekend, which yeah, is a bit erotic in terms of our movements and our, our ex, uh, exploration of each other, like in their closeness and stuff like that. It just blew up again because so many people are like, what is this? Cause mm-hmm. it's coming from this place of, I need this too. Mm. Or, or maybe even getting triggered by someone sharing it so openly. Cause then they show that they can see that that's, not within their capacity mm-hmm. and a few people were like oh my god i love this but i don't think i'm ready for it i'm mm-hmm. like and that's the point though yeah that's uh, awesome <laughs> yeah and obviously when it's when they're ready they'll they'll take the leap but i feel like for me growing up there was so much shame around sex but not even directly but mm-hmm. like my dad my parents never talked about it ever mm-hmm. and you know my sister was 23 and couldn't stay over at her boyfriend's house because mm-hmm. you know and like if because you know in case i had sex i'm like well indirectly what's that going to make us think about sex and we never talked about it and me growing up in high school I had so many uh, guy friends and I was one of the only girls in that group so I would just hear the locker room talk all the time and how they described they were beautiful boys Mm. but how they described getting with that person it was just really tainted with a lot of like it felt like she was being used or Mm. a little bit disrespected so for me subconsciously I associated sex with a very strong chance of getting disrespected mm. or being talked about in that way. Yeah, wow. And so I, for me to hold my own respect, I was like, well, I'm going to be very, very particular and almost like frigid. I was like, I, mm. I was so like closed off to that. Mm-hmm. And then slowly in the past, especially year, but the past few years, finding that and seeing it as a gateway to so much more, aliveness and connection and yeah eros and life Mm. it's such a gateway Mm -hmm. and i'm still just exploring that and in just last weekend already so many walls being broken down and me seeing myself in that expression and rewriting the story of i'm not sexy i'm not desirable and really just seeing that that is completely in my head yeah made up absolutely Mm. like there's been a couple of people who have shared with me that they're like just really blown away by your energy in that oh, yeah. space and like wow i think i'm a bit of a crush <laughs> <laughs> within our group yeah <laughs> you know it's just there's and it is when you're really 
starting to access that it's it's a truth and and people feel something that's true mm. you know it vibrates up against something that is within them whether or not they're accessing or not it's like oh part of me knows that mm. and um i think it's it's very clever manipulation that we've been conditioned to believe that that's wrong and that women accessing that is like you know the beginning of all sin in yeah. christianity yeah, like wow. yeah wow so i want to thank you for doing your work because <laughs> yeah. it's definitely a movement that is that needs to happen and mm. i almost yeah like how much this plays out in just everyone finding balance because this isn't just for women obviously mm. um yeah i feel like it's gonna help rewrite a lot of the stories that we've created around totally yeah. ourselves and our limitations yeah and something that's been really beautiful about sacred slide is like at the end when people bring witnesses um there's women that come too but more often than not the women are bringing men in their lives and feeling the brothers in that space mm. receive that they feel so honored and and like they always express how privileged they feel to to be brought into that space and like the safety that's cultivated between men and women mm. within that is really special and like in my experience and this is a whole other rabbit hole and i've never actually mentioned this publicly yet <sighs> because of my shame around how my parents would perceive this but i made an agreement to myself a couple of years ago i was like i'm no longer gonna lie to my parents but if they i'm not gonna tell them things but if they ask then i'll tell them mm -hmm. but unless it comes up i'm gonna leave it mm. so i dabbled in stripping for like a, a handful of weekends not by any means a long period of time mm. but i was really curious to explore that side of me and uh yeah being in that space i was like i want to see if i can hold something really clear and special and sacred in an environment that can be a little bit distorted mm -hmm. and I'd create like an opening ceremony every night before I went in got really clear on my intentions and really clear on what I was available for and the kind of men that I attracted in that space were so beautiful and it really healed my relationship with men because like I just felt they just wanted access to the feminine they just mm. wanted to be seen they just wanted to be held and heard mm. and yeah like feeling their appreciation for my being based on what they could sense about me was really special and um yeah and then also wow. there were times where guys would come up to me and like grab my ass and they'd be like let's go for a dance and I'd be like no oh wow and yeah. they'd be a bit confused and I'm like just because I'm in here doesn't mean I'm available to you like you know how <laughs> I the fuck down yeah yes. it was like I'm not gonna share this energy with you unless it's a full yes for me like mm. it doesn't change just because I'm in this environment and that level of discernment like when we can hold that as women and know what we're worth and know what power that mm. is and like be really clear with what we're available for and what we're not from a place of love and not being like wrong and sure. harsh boundaries just in your in your worth yeah but just like mm. no thank you then wow. like that the impact that has and what you start to attract when you're in that space is i love that epic <laughs> well, for me so much uh in the past year again meeting so many people that are strippers and mm. for them to help me shift the narrative around what stripping is and for sure there's Oh my god like there's a reason why it has the reputation of maybe darkness or sleaziness or whatever that's yeah. definitely a massive part of it but meeting people that enter this space from a place of empowerment and a place of you know we we can be in that expression and you know be in our worth and everything and protect ourselves and have boundaries it's almost this rites of passage for a lot of women mm. to step into that mm -hmm. in a place where there are so many I guess factors where our power can be pulled because mm -hmm. when there's money involved, there's so much. I yeah, feel like the psychology behind stripping is fascinating. Yeah, it's multi-dimensional experience. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I think meeting these beautiful women that we both know and how, yeah, it's again just shifted so much around the story that we have in our head. Mm. And that is something that I want to talk is like just say talk about is so you you're in this state now where you're mm -hmm. offering one-on-one -on -one mentoring offering group programs and retreats in Greece and mm -hmm. couples retreats on boats and I'm like okay hey, how did you get because you're born and raised Bayside Melbourne uh-huh you went to Furbank school yes. <laughs> like how did you go from you know living the system I'm sure you would have enjoyed many aspects of it but then mm -hmm. to realize maybe this isn't what you wanted and then creating the life you have now and the time it's taken and things like that yeah yeah so I feel like 
I've always been a very spiritual being. I spent my nights after school looking at witchy spell books and studying okay. ancient Egypt <laughs> and Atlantis. And yeah, it's always been like this soul aliveness and, mm. and I guess remembrance on some level of like those sort of times where this was really like anchored in the consciousness in a balanced way. Was this through like fantasy books? Like even me growing up, like where, where were you exposed to this? Uh, books and also the cartoon Atlantis. Yes. It just sparked something of like oh my god like I created a, a journal that had a map on how to get there and like a code I used oh. to write in runes and <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> I'm playing with Pokemon so <laughs> <laughs> he's a very witchy kid yes. but um I when I was 18 no 16 sorry 16 I met my first boyfriend who was a Steiner kid mm. and I was actually gonna go to the same school but apparently I didn't click with the teacher so got sent to a different one so I ended up connecting with all the kids I would have been there with Mm. and uh, when we got out of school we discovered festivals and at the age of 18 yeah so early yeah so the first festival I ever went to was Rainbow Serpent Festival what an entry yeah for those that don't know that's 25,000 people one I think the biggest in Australia yeah very well (laughs) produced like I think yeah just insane yeah dancing on the earth and I was like, where has this been all my life? You know, all these hippie mm-hmm. kids with mm-hmm. their feet in the dust. And and it was actually, I saw, I don't know that it was Eclectica. It may have been. Mm-hmm. I didn't know them yet, uh, which is my dance troupe in a sacred um, dance school in Melbourne. But uh, I saw these women performing in a ceremony. And I was like, I've never considered dance as com- combining it with prayer. I'd grown up with dance. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow. And then part of the space they were performing in was this dome that was filled with, uh, like, they had this water feature in the center that had crystal bowls in it and lights and (sighs) fountains and moss and, like, these beautiful angelic tones and carpet. And I spent the whole festival in there. This was actually later. This was um, Maitreya Festival, Mm -hmm. like a year later. And spent the whole festival sitting in there. And at the end, I was running around going, I want to be involved with creating this energy, whatever this is. And I was voicing that to this guy, Mickey Space, who was like, well, this is my space. I created this. And would you want a job as my assistant at Earth Frequency? Oh, my God. (laughs) So such divine placing. And I was like, yes, he didn't even know me. He was just like, do you want to be my assistant? So why, how did he trust you? Because Earth Frequency, again, for people that don't know, very high level production, yeah. epic workshops, some of the best. Mm-hmm. Like I've been to a lot of doors. I feel like Earth Frequency's standard is so high. Yeah. So for him to just meet someone in a dorm and be like, come, yeah. work. Sorry, my mistake. Earth Core. This was Earth okay, Core. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, I haven't been to that one. Actually. Yeah, but still, it's very um, – Earth Core is – very high level production but a very different crowd it's mm. quite quite can it's no longer hectic. exists yeah. it's quite hectic <laughs> uh so yeah i was his two ic helped oversee all the workshops in the healing space i see sorry uh two ic it's like second in command okay um and then Sushi. yes <laughs> in the cauldron and then at the right at the last minute he was like i want you to organize the opening ceremony for the space uh, so I'm just being invited into what I feel like my soul's always wanting to be doing. And before this, what were you doing? I was studying public relations. Yes, uh, I love hearing the, <laughs> the difference. So yeah, okay. I was doing a bachelor of PR at RMIT. How did you find that at the time? I got halfway through and went, I don't want to do it, but I'll finish it. Just bored or just not. Just actually realizing the level of manipulation that goes in, like it's a a degree and how to understand the collective psyche and how to manipulate that for branding. Oh, wow. Um, And there's, you know, classes on integrity, but I was just like, I I got into it for relationship building and went, this isn't what I thought. I don't want to do it, Um, but I'll finish it. Took a little break, went to Africa, came back, finished it, discovered, went deep into festivals. And so... um, yeah, in the opening ceremony with the Earth Core, I thought, oh, I'll dance in it because um, I'd seen that once before. So I just I danced as part of the opening ceremony and a beautiful sister Heidi saw me um, dancing and I'll never forget her face just looking up at me like <gasps> wide-eyed. And she's, she's like, a dancer too. Yeah, yeah. different Heidi to oh, okay. Heidi, Heidi Holland. Okay. But she, um, she took me under a wing and she invited me into a project she was creating at the time called Aquatica which was 
raising awareness about plastic in the ocean. So again, so much of a passion of mine. And mm. they were designing main stage at Rainbow and they had the, these big clams with a pole in it and oh, so cool. made out of plastic that had been spray painted and we were all dressed in these plastic get up and we did this performance. Um, and I met the Eclectic Good Girls through that. And they took me in and then I started wow. dancing with them. And yeah, they really initiated me into my woman. So, wow. Yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> so very organic, very as if something bigger than you, you was literally pulling you and yeah. just showing you different opportunities, different people. And mm-hmm. but you had the courage to this say, this is what I want. Yeah. Actually, that's probably really powerful in, yeah. in expressing clearly in your mind and and probably out of your mouth mm. what you're what you want because only when you become clear on that can yeah. the world give it to you yes i was thinking about that on the way here yeah just like how that was such a, a snowball thing mm. and i feel like all i did was get clear on what i wanted what excited me mm. followed the excitement and uh yeah just the intuition and said yes to the things that really lit me up but got clear on what i wanted mm-hmm. first okay and i feel like that's what i'm doing again now and i feel like i'm at the start of another snowball yeah. <laughs> so for people listening and they might be in a position of I don't hate this or I don't hate my job or relationship or whatever but they just feel this maybe deeper whether they call it misalignment or just not aliveness or not excitement mm-hmm. where would you get them to begin to step into a higher version of themselves or a more exciting life or a more Deep, okay, you know, deeper relationships, where, where would you start? Yeah. Oh, yum. Mm, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like this is the real power of the feminine path. And I come again, coming back to this work around sensuality and sexuality is when you're cultivating this deeper sense of listening mm-hmm. within your being, like, and we aren't, the majority of women I work with have never been asked, what do you want? Like oh. their brain doesn't even go there. So they don't know. And we're only limited by our imaginations. And so I feel like the more that you can create a relationship with yourself where you're tracking your internal world, tracking how you're feeling, like even if it's like, I feel a bit off, why? And it's like maybe there was something you saw 10 minutes ago, a day ago that has like just kind of stuck in your field a little bit and just getting a deeper sense of listening of what's going on for you in your internal world, being present with it, leaning into it. So listening to like emotions or sensations sensations yeah. and emotions yeah mm. letting it move just yeah creating relationship with that part of yourself and that deeper inquiry and from there it's a lot easier to connect to what you want and mm. what excites you and and mm. when it is really alive so so fine-tuning your relationship to your gut to intuition to your womb to your body mm-hmm. and your heart and your heart yeah oh. if <laughs> you weren't in relationship with that Mm -hmm. what's the alternative very heady i guess like you mean like as a different option or to start or no i think yeah heady where it's like but like to say if if for so many years of my life i wasn't listening to my body Mm -hmm. and i would yeah be just pushing so much but for people to maybe recognize that within themselves what would that look like Mm, yeah I guess uh, typically what I've witnessed with women I work with is it's it's really hard to make decisions. Um, it's really maybe there's like a, a sense of anxiety. It's really hard to get clear on where you're going, direction, even <clears throat> if it's not decisions. Or you there's just you know you're kind of caught up in the everyday mundane you know habitual patterning mm. of things without stopping and having that space for deeper inquiry. And again, most women I work with haven't been asked what they want mm. so dehumoring that and allowing your brain to go there can be really challenging to begin with it's like what should i do mm-hmm, you know sure, and yeah. what's going to help me to get to here and trying to rationalize and get really practical with it instead of trusting the magic that you are mm-hmm. um and i feel like often this is awesome bridge to what we were wanting to get into around the power of thought and it's interesting every book i've read around money like soul of money and how to create more it's all about thought Mm. and again being able to have the desire and knowing what you want and and trusting it and backing it and not let get not to let doubt get in the way and um so i feel like there's this disconnect when we're in our head from the magic that's available that we feel like i need to be able to understand and explain and have xyz to see that this is going to work 
and back it and that limits us and cuts us off from the miracle of living that is available that we can't rationalize that Mm. we can't explain that is available when we trust it and we trust ourselves and so for me like leaning into my excitement and just being clear on what I want it just allows universe the world whatever myself my higher self to organize it for me or I mean there's different avenues of understanding manifestation or it's like you're affirming okay that's what I want and so you're clocking into a path and a timeline where that's already available to you mm. and you're just recalibrating and aligning to that. So I love that. Yeah. And it's kind of like, that's the, um, what's the book, the secret. Mm. So it is about that manifesting, I think that kind of vibe, mm-hmm. but no matter what you believe in. So we believe in something bigger and, mm-hmm. and this relationship between us and source or whatever you want to call it magic. Mm-hmm. And, but even if you don't believe in that and you just believe in, clarity in thought in you know, psychology and science they, they're all they all explain how much how powerful this is even just yeah aligning to yourself and understanding what is important to you what sparks you mm-hmm. and i feel like that listening to your body listening to this these sensations is another it, it's the journey of self-exploration mm-hmm. and finding what do you want and when you said that word should it's like i guess that's where language is such an important part of how language and thought are so related where it's like the word should mm. could be replaced with could it's like yeah. you know like you know you could go for it to the gym not like i should i should go it's mm. like no you could it's it's in your power do you want to yeah or another one is um okay even just can't like i really try not to use the word can't anymore nice. it's just a challenge yeah yeah there's difficulty but it can't there's a few others do you have any uh i guess even talking around like i Oh, what's one people use with the, uh, with money is um oh I'm I'm broke, just you know just how you affirm um what is happening in your world with your words mm. and yeah I feel like this is I, this is why I love kinesiology because understanding the relationship with the conscious mind and the subconscious is I think one of the most powerful things we can do because your subconscious will look for ways to prove to you what you're affirming and keep creating Mm. what it has conditioned itself to believe, which is usually out of safety. It's like, this has worked for me so far. This has kept me safe. So this is what I'm going to stick to. Mm. Um, And so that's what I was going to say when you mentioned that I could or I should based on instead of like, I want to, when we start saying I want to, or I don't want to, we're actually being more honest with ourselves about what we want and what mm. we're willing to show up for mm. instead of, oh, I could. It's like only this, you for know. For sure. That actually just show- another one is, oh, I need to do that. It's like, I want to do that. Yeah. I need to do. I want to. You don't need to do anything or, you know, you don't need that jumper. Uh-huh. You want that jumper. So little things like that. And also I think bad and good as well. I feel yes. like just writing that. Yeah. That's so fascinating. I'd love to like, cause your work is very much in this realm too with the subconscious. Like, yeah. What's been your experience with just seeing that impact on people? And mm. I feel like for me, I was so within these constructs and these paradigms and prejudices that I'd created for myself where it's like a big one for me is, a lot of my worth comes from my doing and that still leaks in like mm-hmm. I'm a, a chronic overdoer mm-hmm. and then I'm now learning to listen to my body and be like oh why did I wake up stressed or why did I wake up tight in my shoulders and that's my body telling me okay slow down or mm-hmm. like you know you're not in balance in some way so I'm getting better at reading whether my doing or my my hustling is coming from a place of this is what you're meant to be doing just to live you know, your role in the world mm-hmm. or if it's coming from a place of, okay, you, you, I really want to be seen right now. I really, maybe I'm not feeling secure in myself and I need that external, external validation. Yeah. But I feel like there have been moments in my life where it's really snapped me out of <clears throat> that doing. So whether it was shutting me inside during COVID where I couldn't go out and do so much and like, <laughs> why am I struggling so much? Part of it, yes. I mean, we just need to be around people and nature. So it's going to be difficult to an extent. Mm. But me realizing, okay, I can't look after my body in a way to look a specific way or I can't put myself out there and be seen, mm. which are for me are such gateways to yeah, validate my worth growing up mm-hmm. and just understanding 
you know, even in relationships or traveling, just these kind of big moments where I do step out of the normal routine of getting up, going to work, doing all that jazz and it shining light on, yeah, the parts of me that I'm not free. And I feel like that's been such a powerful, very powerful piece in me reclaiming so many parts of myself that I had no idea I was capable of because of me realizing, okay, there is so much more. Mm. So that's why I'm so pulled to helping people almost, I want to use the phrase snap out of it. Yeah. That's very, it's very like, it might be aggressive (laughs) to say, but I think when you're coming from that place, you need something massive to shift. Mm. So like either leaving your home or like, sorry, your home city or just yeah, changing the environment to see that there are alternative ways of being and also being around people and situations that confirm how you are worthy no matter what or Mm. that you are creative like you know you're innately creative or innately sexual innately worthy or all these things Mm. so for me it's been such a journey of reclaiming myself in so many different ways Mm -hmm. and how in my viewpoint from my viewpoint I can't see anything else more important to dedicate my life to yeah because as soon as you free yourself like that man that asks you do you really want to have sex at this festival Mm. he expanded you and now you're doing so much and it's like if i can through my videos or podcasts or coaching or whatever spark a little bit of light or a bit more awareness and their you know their viewpoint of themselves and their potential life increases even by three percent that compounding effect for the rest of their lives is insane it's a whole life it's it's ridiculous a, it's a life you're impacting <laughs> every single person they'll uh, relate to or they'll speak to or mm. even smile walking down the street it's mm. such a candle that lights everyone else's and you know the candle doesn't go out themselves it's such a beautiful i feel dedication of life like, that's if it really feels like my soul path yeah mm. oh my god my heart <laughs> yay yeah there's a few words <laughs> you mentioned that i feel like i'd love to speak into is Please. Like, I feel like this way of being, because I was very much like that, even while I was discovering all this um, work around sexuality and like the deep listening and the snowballing, when I started establishing my business, I was in such an unhealthy balance between, and that was something I'd learned from Mm. growing up, um, just watching that around me. And it was like this intense, like I'd sit down at my computer and I'd try and smash things out and then I wouldn't drink any water and I wouldn't eat and I'd feel sick. And I did that for about a year. And I was also, it was just this intense push energy. And it was like I was saying in Sacred Slut the other day is this understanding on an anatomical level, like at the back of our body, we have our spine, which is this beautiful pillar, it's this strong. And then a lot of the yang meridians are in the back of the body and the front of our body are our yin meridians and they work all the time um and so like if we understand that a little bit it's like we can lean into ourselves and be supported by our backs and just like resting into ourselves in that masculine aspect of self and then the feminine can be soft and and share her gifts and her creative energy and just be open to receiving and yeah and so with the sacred side as well it's like we we've learned this way of leading as women that's very masculine and we're cyclical beings so understanding how our cycle works and that we're not going to be on all the time that we need to rest more like pre-bleed and into our bleed as i say cycle meaning yeah our menstrual cycle and and just how to like work in harmony with that to support ourselves on a physical level and also just bring that awareness into that listening it's like shifting gears out of the push and be like, all right, now's the time to like go into deep listening and now's the time to edit and now's the time to like start putting myself out there more and use more energy to like expand my business and come back and yeah. And I feel like I was in this really unhealthy habit even though I knew all of this because it was so habitual and I I didn't trust the magic fully. I felt like I needed to change all these things out there to get things to work. And the more that I've learned to trust my my mind and how quickly I can repattern a hijacking thought of scarcity or doubt or self-limiting belief and just catch it really quickly and be like, all right, what is it I want? And choosing to consciously anchor that in its place for at least 30 seconds, take some deep breaths, starts to like repattern the the brain pathways that have created Mm. such a habit. And that is so powerful. And Mm. I've just seen 
that and I guess because of my work I don't know often when the next money is going to come because it's you know it's mm-hmm. not like a nine to five mm-hmm. salary and so I've really learned that the money always shows up and so I, I'm like okay okay I can trust a little bit more and this is again bridging it back to sacred slut is just the more that we allow ourselves to be in our power the more we allow ourselves to be witnessed and received in that and feel open in that way and receptivity is like I feel like the biggest thing as women it's Mm. like if we can actually receive in sex in intimacy in compliments that ripples out into how we can receive in life how much Mm. money we can receive um sacral energy money sex it's it's all very much in the same sort of field of energetics and and also beyond that so I feel like understanding how we can lead as women to be able to lean back into ourselves trust the magic trust our magnetism Mm. it's like really significant and if every woman is doing that on the planet like imagine the shift wow i love that and i resonate with there's so many things i was like oh my god i want to jump in (laughs) where i feel like growing up until the past year i feel like my life began (laughs) the past year but i feel like every woman that i had met in power Either a woman wasn't in power mm. or she was in power through ferocity or through, you know, I was going to say the masculine, but I think for people that might not know, maybe can you explain mm. just really simply masculine, feminine energy, just in case. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a political thing at the moment, it's, isn't yes. it? <laughs> yeah. And it is something that we've created. So it's, yeah. I don't know, yeah. Well, I, for me, my own personal connection to those words is like, we assign gender to feminine and we assign gender to masculine. I don't mean feminine as female. I don't mm-hmm, mean masculine mm-hmm. as masculine. I just mean feminine as yin. Yeah, yeah. It's flow, it's receptivity, it's creation. Um, yang is the, the, the structure, the matter that the witnesses and holds it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the brick wall that helps the creative vine mm-hmm. grow. So Love that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so until this year, I don't think I met any f- woman in power through her feminine essence Mm. so it was always the logical thinking rationality strength power like in terms of like yeah that very kind of i'm gesturing right now (laughs) where it's like straight edged or yeah just very i i kind of see as aggressive and that that's me in the past i've had power from being very loud and kind of just like very in that energy and only recently have i met quite a few women in their power through their feminine which is i think even more powerful because it's like this alluring leader or this like so in touch and aligned and holding and that can come through in the mother archetype or warrior or you know different reflections Mm. of the feminine or of what we're talking about of this yin but that in itself also lends itself to the yangs where it's like me coming more in touch with my feminine has allowed me to actually step into doing and creating and hustling in so much more, with so much more alignment so mm. much more clarity and it's more sustainable way more sustainable yeah. and enjoyable mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's how they actually play so it's not like you choosing to slow down actually means that you're going to slow down yeah in any way it actually means that you'll you'll probably go further you'll probably go deeper it'll feel better yeah but it is in your head counterintuitive it's like oh if i work less then i won't get as much money or recognition or status or whatever but it's actually like being more intelligent in how you live mm-hmm, and yeah more in balance i feel yeah and i feel like it's why we have so many autoimmune conditions mm. and like what i've experienced with the women i've worked <clears throat> with who are experiencing that physically it's like they maybe on a soul level their soul wants to learn a really big physical lesson um not discrediting that but also disease in my experience is trapped life force which is pleasure which is sex which is sensuality it's that joy that current of aliveness and it's a shutdown of shame and whatever else we're putting on top of it that is holding and creates tension in the body it's like that water we're made up of water when water doesn't flow it becomes stagnant and sick and like with the same so it's yeah been able to like allow things to move allow ourselves to move within our own cycles and support ourselves in that so that we're not pushing all the time allows Mm. us to replenish and yeah so it's i'd love to actually share like what changed for me what really highlighted like whoa this is a huge issue was two years ago when i went sailing for a week i'd booked 
I was just curious. I was like, I feel like there's something to capture around the impact that whales have on humans' emotional and mental well-being. I want mm. to create a documentary about it. Mm. So I hired about whales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I hired two boats, um, Sage and his dad's Dean's boat. We were just me and Sage are friends then. We're now mm-hmm. together. <laughs> um, and we went out there for a week. I hired a filmer. We had a crew, and we just captured like what was. Um, the exchange and it was like I feel like there's something there and then at the end it was like oh wow okay like you know people are crying they're feeling cracked open it's just being held by the water for a week and is intense and it's uncomfortable but it was so profound and for me I'm out there in the most beautiful place with the most beautiful creatures and the most beautiful people for a week and I have a purpose I have something to focus on and I still found it incredibly uncomfortable to just be for a week Mm. and I was like okay I need to make some serious changes and I spent the next year recalibrating my relationship with work so you'd wake up on the boat you'd be like I want to do stuff like how did that look I felt like I just needed to go home and get back into the hustle Wow. And what I was, was, it, was it like, I'm not doing enough or I'm like being lazy? Like what were the thought patterns? Do you I remember? I think it was just this habitual uncomfortable, like, no, sorry, this habitual addiction to doing mm-hmm. and, and keep pushing instead of being and just feeling and being in that space. And so that was really confronting. And I was like, wow, like, look at where I am. And this is how I feel. It was still amazing. And mm. I still loved it. But there were moments where I was like almost wishing it away. And that shocked me. Wow. And so six months later, I ended up dating Sage, mm. um, which is its own magical story and a real surprise. And then uh, a six, uh, it was maybe like four months after we started dating, we went sailing and I was out there for two months. Whoa. A year later. So August, the first year, and then August, the second year for two months. And I didn't feel that for a second. Um, like not one single moment was I like I need to get back to work I was just so there and I was like I've never felt more myself I've never felt more alive and I ran a retreat I bring a group of women out to do womb work with the whales on the water (laughs) yeah what do you think allowed you to shift like that's why I asked before it's like what were the thoughts going through your head because Mm -hmm. that behavior of habitual doing is coming from these deep seated beliefs where it's like unless I do I'm not maybe worthy or I'm not enough or I'll, I'll be perceived as lazy and I won't belong or whatever these things, what allowed you to go back through these layers of psyche and, and I guess reprogram yourself to be able to stay out for two months. Like that's a big, big shift. Yeah. And for you not to feel that need to go out and do, because mm-hmm. I still feel that in t- times and it's like, because it's happened so many times now I can, I can, read that within myself really quickly where it's like Mm. I wake up and there's a billion things and I come down and I don't appreciate the fact that I live the life that I do and I can there's just so much gratitude to be had but I'm just straight into the next thing and then I'm like whoa okay what is this all about and then I go back and I'm like okay these thoughts of I'm not enough until I do Mm. come in and then I try to reprogram and I try to kind of hold myself in that yeah how did you do that yourself yeah totally that was such a thing it's like my the the pattern for me was um without a purpose i have no reason to be here Mm. so it was reprogramming i i have a purpose i have a reason to be here but i don't need a purpose or a reason to be here to like feel validation for existing and so yeah that was like (laughs) that was huge you know just letting that go being like i'm allowed to be here for me you know and it like you said you smile at someone on the street they can change that day they can ripple so much it's like Mm. stop putting the pressure on myself and i got i changed the word from discipline to devotion so how can i show up based on what feels good and what i want to do and i did get strict with all right first thing in the morning i'm waking up i'm having a stretch mm-hmm. I'm, I'm drinking a liter of water i'm having a nourishing breakfast i'm gonna take that time before i even look at my phone or my computer to reprogram that but even the texture behind discipline versus devotion yeah. you're doing the same thing potentially mm-hmm. yeah but oh, i just feel so much richer and just softer it lands differently in your mind yeah Yeah. (laughs) discipline i'm seeing like an army while devotion's like this like hand on heart i'm gonna do it but it's coming from me yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah. there's so much less resistance you know you're in a rebel that doesn't want to change fully no it's like okay yeah i'm not gonna stretch yeah stiff yeah yeah i love that so i think just 
little by little and also making sure I went for a walk in nature every day. And if I noticed I was pushing, I'd pull all the way back and I'd stop for a few days. I'd be like, all right, if I'm pushing and I'm trying to make this work, I'm just going to completely take myself out into nature and not do it. So I was very actively reprogramming and I was studying kinesiology at the same time. So as as I was learning, I'm getting the opportunity to receive what we're learning Mm -hmm. as we're practicing it and just micro adjustments within those, that modality was so powerful. Do you feel like we can do this on our own? Absolutely. In terms of like, for me, it was like in terms of other, uh, through other people's reflections that I see, okay, wow, that triggered something in me or wow, her walking around so in her element and flirting with everyone makes me feel uncomfortable. So it was like through relating with others, or having someone deeply see you, that's when I realize. But when I'm on my own at home and I'm doing all these things, it's it's harder mm. for me to catch this. And maybe it depends on where you are in your journey. Uh-huh. But, f- for example, me seeing a psychologist or me in my past relationships, mm. that really helped me. Do you think it's possible to do it without mm. help? I Well, for the first year I moved up north, I was living on my own. Uh, moved out of home for the first time, moved away from my community. And I was in an intense period of depression because I was right in the pinch of this push and I felt very isolated but there was a part of me that was just really hungry to understand and and get myself out of it within patience I just wanted to be able to like lean deeper into like what is it I need and I feel Mm -hmm. like when you're asking that question whether you are on your own or not but when you're actually open to being like okay I feel like shit I don't know how to help myself or whatever it is that's going on for you then just acknowledging that I'm open to receiving whatever it is that I need, mm. what because there's so much available. Um, so it's like whatever unique magic that is best going to support me in this moment, I'm open to that and allowing. Just I feel like that acknowledgement is huge, mm. and then things start to line up for you. You meet someone who links you to something, and yes, yeah. So it's like I think you can do it on your own, but it's it's more about just that acknowledgement of i want to mm-hmm. and then things mm-hmm. will start to happen step one is yeah. take responsibility yeah and it's like yeah step into realizing that you are in control of your life yeah and taking the steps i love that yeah. i am wary of your time mm-hmm. um, and i'd love to slowly wrap up by asking a couple questions if you were going to go back to you at a certain age Mm -hmm. what age would that be and what would you tell her like a age where i needed maybe a little bit more support yeah oh beautiful question i feel like probably 2019 when i first moved out of home and i'd already started exploring this stuff i already felt really established in my my knowledge of it but i was just establishing myself in my work Mm and putting myself out there and creating Mm. a reputation for myself. And I just became really numb because of that push. It's like the, the part of me that had been attacked so much, but my, by my own internal critic had just switched off. Um, and so I would just tell her to trust herself and to spend more time in nature Mm. and, and just like keep doing things that will nourish her and just take the pressure off. Mm. and just because I could feel where I was going to be and I wanted to be there then. So I'd tell her to just trust and have patience. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of us could could hear that at times, many, many times. Mm. Um, if you could get one message out to the world to say every single person that owned a phone, which is 99% of people <laughs> in our world, if they got a... Yeah, a message, or if you had a billboard, or if you just got this one message out to the world, mm. what would that be? Wow. Oh, my God. It's so a lot. many things. It's just flashed before my eyes. Mm. I'm just going to feel into that for a sec. Yeah, take your time. Mm. I think, like, my – what I've realized my biggest passion amongst all of this, like the real root of it, is supporting people to – like you said, almost get out of their own way so that they can do whatever it is they're here to create. Mm. So to support that thread, I feel like trust yourself and self-inquire, get clear, get, just get clear on what you want. Actually. Mm. I think that's the most powerful thing 
when you get clear on what you want, you come up against the, the subconscious limitations that will convince you why you can't. And then you can converse with them and be like, why not? I love that. And yeah. like, we really are only limited by our imagination. So it's like, how much can we push that? Mm-hmm. And, and I just, that really excites me. If everyone's doing that, like the world that we'll create will shift rapidly. Yeah. So, like almost scarily. Yeah. Like, I, I, we wouldn't recognize this world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that so much. And mm. I think that's a bit, perfect point to ask you if people wanted to find more about you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all the links to your Instagram, your website, everything will be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anything coming up that you'd want to share? Yeah. So this year, uh, my kind of core offerings I'm focusing on that are currently alive and anchored is I have the Priestess of the Waters retreat in Greece. Mm-hmm. That is the 11th to the 17th of June. And that's about connecting with water and through prayer. And I'm really calling in sisters who on a soul level feel like you know they might recognize that on some level already of it speaks to them they're like oh there's something more that's magic here that i want to connect with just for women just for women mm-hmm. yeah and it's uh i've also got my friend jasmine teaching some ethereal fusion belly dance as part of that so mm. it's a lot about working with your sensuality we'll be going to limestone caves to sing and swim every day mm, and wow yeah, really beautiful feminine journey, cultivating that inner listening. Beautiful. And then I've got a couples retreat on a luxury catamaran in August. That is the 9th to the 16th of August, um, which is just deepening intimacy and finding different ways to explore intimacy as well as doing women and men's work separately. So you go with a couple if you're in a couple. Yeah, yeah. couples. And we're hanging out with whales potentially. Mm, wow. And uh, I've also got my three-month mentorship, um, which, uh, yeah, get in touch with me about timing because I am going away for a couple of months. It won't be available. Mm -hmm. And I only work with a handful of people at a time, but Mm -hmm. that can be focusing on anything you want Mm -hmm. under the sun. But we use connecting with the pussy, the womb, sexuality, sensuality as the the highway for that. Uh, And there'll probably be a sacred slut retreat towards the end of the oh, year <laughs> oh, yeah because i put out a call for it the other day and everyone was like i think i had about 40 responses so yeah <laughs> yeah i was like yeah. okay oh my so god so feeling into that what a um, life you have created yeah this is what's possible when you do i think yeah when you believe in magic mm-hmm. when you really ask yourself what you want you inquire and you put that out there and you see the opportunities and the people and you just go for it. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, yeah fully. <laughs> and just trust. Yeah. And it's taken for a few years. It hasn't happened overnight. Mm-hmm. So I think that was something that I read in one of your posts where it's like, just trust and be patient. Mm-hmm. And I think people in this world could hear that often because it, it, it comes in ebbs and flows. So mm. yeah, thank you so much for your time. Oh, my pleasure. This has been so enjoyable. <laughs> like, I reckon we, I kept on looking at time. I'm like, oh, I can keep going. Thank you but so yeah, much for having me. Thank you so me. much. Yeah. And yeah, that's a wrap. Okay, friends, that is it for this episode. If you got inspired by something, please don't let this be yet another podcast you listen to and forget. Instead, Try and focus on the biggest takeaway you got and actually apply it to your life by making a change from today. If you think someone in your life can also get value from it, please share this episode with others. The more that join this journey, the better the world will be. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And finally, if you'd like to connect, jump on my Instagram and shoot me a message. All the links will be in the show notes. Other than that, that's it from me today and I'll catch you next time.